We are going to Tenwick Hospital in Kenya. I'm an emergency medicine physician. We're leaving with our family of five. My name is Travis Harris, my wife, Kelsey. We live in Huntsville, Alabama, and we'll be going to Kapsawar, Kenya to serve with Samaritan's Purse. Good morning, my name is David Scavdal. This is my wife, Josie. I'm a general surgeon. We're going to Bongalo Hospital in Gabon. I will be um, serving at um, uh, Hôpital Baptiste Biblique in um, Adeta, Togo. Welcome to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. You just heard from a few of our post-resident physicians. They've spent years in medical school, and now they're heading to the field with the post-residency program through World Medical Missions. World Medical Missions is the medical arm of Samaritan's Purse. We support over 54 remote hospitals around the world, and one of the ways that we do this is through our post-residency program. For two years, Samaritan's Purse will help support these incredible doctors as they work and train in the field. This year's class will send 16 doctors to seven different countries to offer their medical skills and to help these mission hospitals in the name of Jesus. I had the chance to talk with Dick Furman, who co-founded World Medical Mission, along with his brother, Lowell, in 1977. Lowell and I went to uh, Billy Graham Crusade in Asheville, and they found out we were surgeons, and they asked if Lowell and I would go to India to work for a, work at a mission hospital there for a month or six weeks each to help the surgeon there, that they were so overworked. So we did, and when we came back, we realized that uh, there was a real need to get doctors to go short-term, four to six weeks, pay their own way, get over there and help out uh, doctors at mission hospitals. At that time, Franklin was still in college, and he was working with the Furman brothers to start World Medical Mission. Franklin was not yet the president of Samaritan's Purse, but he, Dr. Furman, and Lowell Furman saw an opportunity for God to use doctors to meet a physical need in Jesus' name. Now, World Medical Mission is a project of Samaritan's Purse, and it is amazing to see that the way that God has grown it and still uses it for His glory. And so for many years with Moral Medical Mission, you would organize and arrange doctors to go on short-term missions to relieve these mission hospital doctors. Right. You've also done some specialty teams. But then you found a need for a post-residency program. So can you talk to me about that and, and why you had to start that in 2004? Yes, uh, like like I say, this started, World Medical Mission started back in 1977. And I think the second year we sent out uh, seven doctors. And now we're sending out over 700 a year. Wow. And it's, it's good to look back and see the Lord's hand and what you've done. And it's, it was so good to see that we were sending doctors to help the career doctors that were there in the uh, in the mission hospitals to keep them going because most of them were overworked and uh, anyway, it was just something to support these hospitals. Then what happened is that these career doctors uh, began retiring and the sending agencies were not able to get replacements. So we started seeing these, uh, these mission hospitals get where they didn't have enough doctors. Uh, the new generation of, of residents 
were getting, you know, they'd have a, a heavy loan, a school loan, that they'd say, well, we'll we feel called to go overseas to mission, mission hospitals, but we we're going to work and pay our loan off first. And it just got where they weren't, you know, they'd, they'd buy a car, then they'd buy a home and buy a house, and then they wouldn't get to the field. The good life, American dream, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Um, I prayed to God, like, should we go to overseas right away or should we wait or anything like that? Um, and I think God, knowing me, wanted us to go right away because mm-hmm. why start making $200,000 a year and, and start enjoying some of those things when me being naive and never having that, it's like, I don't know what I'm missing. And so it's just that much easier for me to say no if I don't know what it is or I'm used to it. Um, so we've just lived as modestly as possible during medical school and residency. And so it's just, I don't know, kind of an easy transition for us. So we don't feel like we're giving up a whole lot. Uh, so came up with the uh, idea, I was talking with uh, Kenny Isaacs, really came up with the idea of getting uh, why not send young doctors to the field, uh, sort of like an internship program, and see if they were a fit, and see what uh, if they wouldn't wouldn't stay long term? Because you have to have uh, you have to have career doctors to make these hospitals run. So we we did that, and but only only about twenty percent were staying beyond their two year commitment. We would we. Uh, send them for two years. We support them financially. We know where the needs are from different specialties. But we realized that what God was calling us to do was to get career doctors on the field. So we changed our application. We, we changed our approach to get these uh, young doctors right out of residency. Hey, we'll support you for two years, but we... Our prayer is that you're there for 32 years. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that became our our thrust to get career doctors on the field. And right now we're we have 82 percent that are staying beyond the two years. So this is really where where our post residency program came in is that the these these hospitals would be closing. There are several hospitals now that the only doctors that are there. Are are post residents that stayed beyond their their uh, two year commitment. So that's that's the. Uh, it's always good to look back and see the Lord's hand in what you've done, and we've realized that He has used uh, World Medical Mission to replace these retiring uh, retiring physicians that, that that leave the hospital uh, needing career doctors. I had the privilege and opportunity to talk with most of these future doctors in the recent cohort. I was truly amazed by their faithfulness and their obedience to go to the ends of the earth to use their gifts in Jesus' name. They truly aim to be faithful to God, over-successful in the world. It impacted me so much and helped me change uh, my motto to be faithful over-successful. Next, I want to introduce you to a family medicine doctor, Dr. Daniel Shields and his wife, Melissa, who are going to serve in Nepal. God planted uh, being a missionary in in my heart, just like a little seed when I was young, and that sort of grew and grew. By the time I was in high school, I was taking college courses and started taking like biology. And I was like, wow, I really want to know more about how God created life. 
And, and then that plus my desire to be a missionary led one thing after another to want to be a physician because uh, I could study how God created things and be a missionary at the same time. And then being a physician, it's like a, almost like a ticket into any country in the world. So I'm like, that's going to be easy because a lot of the unreached people groups of the areas of the world now, um, traditional missionaries can't get to them. So you need what's called creative access. And so medicine is a beautiful way into that. You know, you do that. You go to the sick and you want to touch them and heal them, um, you know, in Jesus' name. So I think it's medicine is such a wonderful um, picture of the gospel, you know, of healing someone physically, but then spiritually. So, um, so talking to that, is there a scripture, life verse, or anything that God's used to prepare you to go? There's, there's two verses that just, I guess, are my life verses. Um, one, obviously, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, um, go into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and saying like, for us to go. Um, and another verse was Matthew 7, 21 through 22. Um, that's the one where um, many in that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not cast out demons in your name and prophesy in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Uh, and Jesus replies to them, in that day, I will say to them, um, depart from me, you worker, workers of lawlessness, for I never knew you. And the point of like, the, the, the contrast of these two verses, yes, we are called to go, but we are called to know Jesus. We're called to be in relationship with him, to follow him. And, I, and, and through a bunch of other verses, realizing that like we're going, but we're not needed. Like God doesn't need us. We're just there. And I, I've been telling people this recently. It's like when you're a child and you go to work with your dad. Your dad doesn't need you there at his work. Like, in fact, you're probably slowing him down, right? <laughs> but, but you get to be there with your dad. And, and how I feel of what we're about to do is just going to work with our dad. And he gets to show us everything that he's doing. And, and we're just giving him whatever little we have. And let me just say, we talked with almost all of these post-residents and their families over this past week as they were here in Boone for their training and their orientation. And I was just overwhelmed with their servants' hearts and the way that they want to serve the Lord with the gifts, talents, and abilities they've been given. How, how did you guys as a team, how do you select these doctors? It must be difficult to figure out where they go, figure out who needs to go where. How do you do that? Well, that's a lot easier than figuring out who needs to, who ought to go, hmm. who ought to support. Uh, that we know, we know the needs in all of these hospitals. They'll tell us, okay, we had a general surgeon that retired, or we have a OBGYN doctor that retired uh, in different places. So we give these doctors uh, uh, two hospitals to pray over. You know, we say, here's where the needs are. So this is the the need is, is is fairly simple for us. But how do you pick the ones that are committed? First of all, there has to be a calling. Mm -hmm. there has to be a calling from the Lord is, is the step one. 
Then, and I tell, and I, I, I tell these young ones when we interview them, are you called by the Lord to go and be a doctor in the mission field? If you don't have that calling, it's difficult to stay. Then the second is, do you have that desire? If God's calling you to that, do you desire to do that for your life and your family? And then all of the ones that we interview have the desire. We know that because they've applied. We tell them that desire is, is, of, the, is of the mind, is of the head, doesn't require any action. But are they committed? And that third step of commitment, the commitment's of the heart, and that requires action. So that's what we ask them, because so many things are going to happen over there, Christy, uh, things that we don't, uh, we don't realize will happen. But there's, there'll be a lot, of, a lot of situations that come up that makes it a very hardship on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they have that commitment and they know that they're working there for the Lord, it's a lot uh, easier to stay. And uh, I like to give them that, that Proverbs 16, 9. It says, uh, in his heart, a man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his path. And that's what we try to get them. Okay, this is no clear cut. We don't know exactly uh, what's going to happen. We don't know exactly the steps you're going to be taking. But you make the plans and the Lord will direct those steps uh, to where you should go, what you should do uh, when, when you get there, and on and on. Actually, before we started dating... <laughs> We, we both felt the call to serve overseas. It's refreshing to think back at the call we had back then. Mm-hmm. And yes, circumstances have changed and counting that cost is a lot different mm-hmm. than it was back then, but that we're still willing to count that cost. I also had the pleasure of talking to Dr. Jared Criswell during orientation. He had the calling, desire, and commitment as a young man, and he was willing to follow the Lord anywhere he called him. The Lord really gave me a heart for um, alleviating people's suffering. And I realized like, okay, I, you know, this, this, is, this is, it was a big revelation. Um, you know, I wanted to have that, that service aspect in it. Like I was calling me to um, a lifetime of servitude. And... I already knew that I was really interested in the sciences. I was studying biology at the time. And so basically you take science plus um, service and you get um, something in the medical field. It's, you know, it's a pretty, pretty easy decision. And I just sense from your upbringing and just your willingness to surrender your, your life to the Lord, um, he's, he's worked in you over the years, but that can't be easy. And I find, I mean, you guys, it's commendable. How did the Lord soften your heart and confirm that this is what he wanted for you? That's something that's really hard to put into words. Mm -hmm. Um, All I can really say is that when when you give yourself over to the Lord completely, you you surrender yourself to his will and let him use you, it's the most amazing thing ever. It's, It's better than anything I could ever come up with myself. Um... That's that's really all I can say. Um, it's you know, I mean, the you know, the gospel invites us to um, 
to make that decision. You know, every time we read it, you know, the, the gospel is all about who is Jesus and presents us with this choice. You know, do I, do I accept Christ as my savior? Do I let him become Lord of my life? And once you make that choice, you say yes, then God does amazing things. Well, thank you for, yeah, the way that you allow the Lord to mold and shape you. And, and I, just, I just love sitting down and talking to people like you. It's like giants of the faith. You know, when God um, asks you to do things um, and you are, allow yourself to be used by him, it's really awesome. We encourage, it, encourage them to be, let it be a learning experience. And then also they'll be able to, to teach and train in, in other ways, but just to, to back off for a while and see, get a, get a feel of what it is. But we're, we're not just with them for two years. With, we're with them, hopefully, for the 32 years. Once they get through that two-year program, we're still for them. We still communicate with them. We still follow them, and they, and they communicate with us. So it's, it's an ongoing program, and the best that we see is that we're now sending post, new post-residents to hospitals that are run by post-residents that are there uh, beyond their two-year program. So they are very good mentors because they know what, what it's like to come into a situation. I love that. I love how you teach them and then they begin to teach and the, you know, just the circle continues. Well, uh, it's just, as time goes on, and I see, get to know these doctors as they come in, these, these are young, young doctors that could be going out in private practice. Their life could be completely different than it's going to be. Uh, where they live, uh, transportation, their automobile, their uh, schooling for their children, what they're giving up leaving America, what they're giving up to go to be with uh, what the Lord's direction in their life. It's just, it, it just uh, is so hard to realize, to acknowledge what they're, what they're giving up. Mm-hmm. And I just admire them more and more about, it's just sometimes difficult to believe that okay, you've gone through all of this training and you're going to go over there. And then they send us pictures of where they're living. They send us pictures of, you know, the dirt roads or whatever surrounding the community, how different it is uh, from back home. And I just, I am just so thankful mm-hmm. that they were called and that they have committed themselves to that. Another family I had the chance to sit down with was Dr. Travis Harris and his wife, Kelsey. They had three small children and they are about to move to Africa. On their very first date, Travis and Kelsey talked about their call to be missionaries. This has been their foundation. And Travis actually started out as a missionary pilot in Congo. And it was there that he felt God prompting him to go back to school to be a doctor. But I really did not want to go through the training. I didn't want to go through four years of medical school and then um, residency and spend all that time studying books. It was not what I wanted to do. (laughs) But reading through reading my scripture every day, I felt like God was just asking me to apply to medical school. And I thought, well, I will obey you 
you want me to apply to medical school, I will apply to medical school and I'll study, I'll take the classes I lack to, um, to apply and I'll, I'll take the test. And then hopefully you'll see I was obedient and I won't have to go to medical school. But I didn't get end up getting into medical school. So here we are many, many years later. <laughs> As a wife, so he's feeling called and, and like you said, just taking the next step. What, how did you feel? Was God stirring your heart or giving you confirmation? Were you kind of pushing him or were you just? For me, definitely the thought of medical school and residency and just the years of training was very overwhelming. So I don't remember exactly when, um, but I realized the Lord just started prompting my heart like, hey, Kelsey, if I'm calling Travis to be a doctor, I'm calling you to be a doctor's wife. And, um, this is your calling together. This is not just his, this is yours together. I love that. Um, so can you talk to me about how your kids feel? And you have three kids. Um, what do they think about living? When are we going to Africa? <laughs> so they're excited. That's all we hear all the time. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, I think that we've been purposeful since they were born. Um, just trying to raise them um, mission-minded. And, um, you know, just doing that in a variety of ways, like finding opportunities to serve uh, wherever we're at, uh, helping my kids to see people and see needs and try to be a blessing and try to, you know, meet some of those needs. And of course, we have talked about when we're done with residency, we, you know, we really feel like the Lord's going to call us somewhere else. And it's kind of always been there. We don't know where there is, but we've kind of always kept that um, just in our home, that that conversation, kept that conversation going so that they would be ready for wherever there was. I just love the way that Travis and Kelsey have raised their kids to see people, to see needs, and to be a blessing to others. They have a beautiful family, and it was truly a joy to meet them. I loved seeing the way that they love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they desire to love others. And it truly was evident in everything they said. I wanna introduce you to Dr. Daniel Galat, who served in Kenya as a post-resident from 2008 to 2010, and he's remained in the field for 10 years since. He shared how important the power of prayer is. Um, I would say that the time that we spent with Samaritan's Purse was just absolutely essential for our longevity and missions. And one of the biggest things that we uh, came to understand is the importance of developing a prayer team, which we, we did during those, those um, first two years. And um, we had a group that prayed regularly for us for the, the years that we were overseas. And, and this was just so uh, critical to um, God's moving and working during that time overseas. Just like Dr. Glatt said, prayer is essential. As we send out these doctors and their families to the field, I hope you partner with them in prayer because it is really critical. Please be praying for these doctors and their families as they prepare to serve overseas. Many of them will be learning a new language and handling so many logistics before they reach their new home overseas. Please pray for a peace that passes all understanding to fall upon them, but also their loved ones that are sending them. This is the 16th year of the post-residency program, and we're thankful to each and every doctor and their family that is willing to go to the ends of the earth 
to help support these mission hospitals. Thanks again for tuning in and I hope you have a great week.